This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. <laughs> Big Brother 23 is something else, man. <laughs> hey, I see you, Tiffany. I see you, Tiffany. You better leave my girl alone. You're hilarious, bro. Making fun of her voice. I was crying, man. Man, Big Brother 23, some good stuff. Uh, CBS, Sunday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. If you got Paramount Plus, you can watch the live feeds. Good stuff. Good stuff. The Cookout Alliance, everyone is uh, black or at least persons of color. Six-person alliance. It's vicious. It's 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 one of my favorite alliances. It's either my first or second favorite alliance. I haven't decided yet, but they are rolling. Now, when it comes to the cookout, get your takeout trays because you ain't got to go home. But you got to get the heck up out of here. You already know. So people outside that alliance, they don't they don't get it. Like some I right, a few of them are piecing it together. Like like Derek X and Claire kind of got an idea, but they haven't fully put it all together yet and when they look back at the tape they're gonna be like dang it i should have known but it's all good I, I love to see uh my my people thrive love to see the, the black people thrive on big brother finally after all that we've been through on that show the last five to ten years or maybe since the show started <laughs> they finally finally getting our day on that show See what happens when you put more black people on the show. See what happens. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about that later. But man, that show funny, man. That show is very entertaining. Been watching it since 05. <laughs> but dang, Tiffany, leave Aspie alone. Leave Sarah Beth alone. Anyway, I got to talk about Shikari Richardson. Like, what happened? What was that? Come on, man. Came in last? I'm not even kidding. I, I knew I was going to miss the race because I had to officiate a scrimmage. But when I finally got some time to look at my phone, the first thing I see was her coming in last. And I'm like, wow, how? <laughs> I'm freestyling off the top again. But seriously, though, how did that happen? What? And the crazy thing is, you look at her history, and it's like you ran a 10-6-1 at the trials, and you ran a 10-7 at the NCAA championships, and you've won the Junior Olympics. I'm like, you've been in big races before. You've ran better than 11-14. She ran an 11-14 on Saturday. What was that? And then in a post-race interview, she like, don't sleep on me, I'm coming back. I like that. But what happened? How do you go from running 10-6, 10-7 to 11-14? Was there an injury? I don't know. Like, Because it seemed like she came off the gates really well. It seemed like she was right there at the beginning. The takeoff was good. Something happened towards the halfway mark. They just start pulling away from her, which is crazy to me, because if she ran a 10-6, that would have been second place. Now, you're not beating 
Thompson hurrah. Like, Elaine Thompson hurrah just ran the second fastest time ever for a woman for a woman in the 100-meter dash. So she's arguably, well, right now, she's the second best women's Olympic sprinter or whatever ever. Only Flo Joe is better. That's crazy. And that's just, that's got to be so surreal for her. Damn, it was four Jamaicans in that race. And they all finished ahead of Sakari Richardson. I was real hyped for this race. I never heard of the Prefontaine Classic in my life. But they have been doing that race for years. For decades. And this is the first time I've heard anything about it. Because the hype. Sakari Richardson polarizing figure in the media against the Jamaicans who finished one, two, and three in the hundred meter dash in the Olympics. This is what we wanted to see. This is what we wanted to see because this was supposed to happen in the Olympics. But I truly believe in the Olympics, I don't think Sakari Richardson would have ran an 11-14. She ran an 11-14. What? Bro, I maybe I need to look at her other times, but I've seen her run a 10-6 and a 10-7. What happened there? It, she'll be back, man. Uh, she'll be back. It, obviously, the potential is there. She's, ran, she's run faster times, like literally have ran faster times. And she has a top 10 time ever in the 100-meter dash. So she can do it. The ability is there. It's just a bad look because of, you know, all the talking and the TikToks and all the <laughs> all the social media jabs. She's taking her opponents. And shout out to uh Shelly Ann Frazier Price and Sharika Jackson and Elaine Thompson Hurrah. They they were pretty mum about Shikari. They didn't want to talk about her. But I'm telling you, if they're competitive, if they're if they're real competitors behind the scenes, they were probably fuming and they probably wanted to teach her a lesson. And that's exactly what they did. Even though if Shikari ran her best, she would have came in second. But she didn't. She came last. And she got humbled in the postgame interview. <laughs> She sounded like Richard Sherman against the 49ers. <laughs> Don't you ever talk about me. Don't you ever talk about me. That's what she sounded like, man. And then Shelly Ann Frazier Price crept up behind her smiling. She was just laughing because she just she probably thinks Shakari Richardson is funny. And then Sharika Jackson was laughing too. Man, come on, man. <laughs> Oh man, that was so funny, man. How how Shelly Ann Fraser Price was creeping on her interview and just laughing. I could tell she was truly entertained. I was like, this <laughs> she was like, this girl, man. This girl out here talking mess after coming in last. But nah though, man. Um I low-key kind of feel bad because I watched some more post-game interviews. And um Shelly Ann Frazier-Price and Elaine Thompson-Harrod, 
you could tell they didn't want it. They were tired of Shikari. They didn't want to talk about her. They didn't want to talk about it. They were annoyed by the questions. I get it. I mean, come on. You just dominated the Olympics. And then you then one of y'all just just broke the world record or just ran the second fastest time of ever. And we gotta talk about some girl that hasn't reached your level yet. I know it's gotta be annoying to them. It's gotta be annoying to them, but it's part of the game. So now everyone can go back to the lab and keep training. Um Shelly Ann Fraser price is 35, which is news to me. Maybe I wasn't paying attention because I, I did look at her uh, Wikipedia. She got like two or three gold medals. So she's been at this for a while. But but maybe that gives me hope for Shikari because Shikari is only 21 and she's already running 10 six. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. So, you know. Shikari will be fine. I don't know if how much Shelly Ann Fraser Price has left. I think she's like Allison Felix. She's probably just going to ride into the sunset and just raise her kid or kids. I, I don't know how many kids she has. But uh, just know they all bad. They, they all look like goddesses. But anyway, she's probably just going to fall back. Sharika Jackson, we're going to keep seeing her. Thompson Hurrah is... Looking like the female Usain Bolt. And all the youngins they got coming up. They got these twins that are in college, I believe. Or maybe high school. They fast. So Jamaicans ain't going away. So Shikari got some competition. And you know, the U.S., we always pumping out sprinters. On both sides. But Shikari, um, she, she backed out of the 200. I don't know if it was a mental thing or she got hurt. We'll find out. But man, she did get humbled a little bit. But it's just disappointing, especially when I looked at her times in other big races. It's very disappointing. But I enjoyed all the jokes. I enjoyed all the people talk calling her Shaweed. <laughs> uh, and you know, there's also people sticking up for her, like Joy Taylor. Joy Taylor really sticking up for her. But honestly, her post game interview was very goat level. It really, it really was. Cause it's just you just take that L. She took that L. She took it in stride. She she posted a gift on Twitter yesterday. It was like, come on, bring it on, bring it on. That's not my go to bring it on gif, but I, I get what she was saying. Or gif, whatever you call it. But I get what she was saying. She taking that L. She taking it in stride. And also, this is this is why I created the principle embrace yourself. Cause it's like, cause remember, remember that guy from Georgia who I haven't heard from since that game? Or since the national championship. I even forgot his name. <laughs> but <laughs> he was basically yelling at Baker Mayfield, humble yourself, humble yourself. I was like, nah, embrace yourself. Sakari Richardson did. She embraced herself. I was like, man, I come in last, but I've ran better times. I have the sixth fastest fastest time ever, and I'm only 21. She's going to be fine. 
but the jokes, I can't stop laughing at the jokes. They funny, bro. They funny. I just, I'm still gonna laugh because the jokes are still gonna fly. <laughs> but still, though, she's embracing herself. She's just taking that L. She still says she's the best, and that's what being on the goat level is about. So now she's gonna turn that L into a mountain full of W's, and it's a wrap. It's a wrap. She could, she has the potential to be the next Flojo. Even with all the confidence and the brashness and the flashy hair and nails and the outspokenness, I love it. I actually love it. I was, you know what I'm saying? I was, at first, I was like, nah, she should just fall back. Because that last, like, you shouldn't be talking that much. Nah, nah. She got it. She got it. All right. <laughs> All right, man. The Washington Nationals. So the Washington Nationals, see, man, they got me again. The Blue Jays series, okay. I was supposed to go to the Tuesday game. So this was right after we got swept by the Braves. I was at the second game where we got ran off the field. Then we got the Blue Jays, which I got tickets to the Wednesday game. I was supposed to go to the Tuesday game, but I stayed home for an officiating meeting, for a football officials meeting, which was dumb because I could have just listened to the joint at the game. It was dumb. And the Nationals won that game and had an offensive explosion. I should have went to that game. So I ended up going to the Wednesday game. I was like, okay, finally, I get to go to the Wednesday game. I get to see Vladdy. I get to see Brad Hand. I get to see all these new guys. And then, man, it was a good game. It delivered. It delivered. And the Nationals were winning. Juan Soto hit a big three-run home run. And I'm like, man, this guy, I'm so glad we had him. So glad. And, you know, these guys, these guys were, were balling, man. These guys were balling. Josiah Gray. You know what? I'm about to start calling him Josiah Two-Tone Gray. Because I, I swear to God, because every every start he's had, he's giving up two runs. <laughs> he give up two runs every time. He gave up two home runs. But that's it, though. That's it, though. So I had to leave early because I thought there, were kick, there was kickball practice. Why when I show up to, to kickball practice? There was nobody there. There was no kickball practice. I should have stayed. Then I heard on the radio, we hit another three-run home run and then added another run, and we end up winning 8-5. Wow. I was like, dang, I really missed a good one. And guess what, though? The four runs, the four, the four runs we got was off of Brad Hand. That's exactly what I was there to see, to see how Brad Hand was going to do his return to Nationals Park. And he was trash. And I wanted to see it. I really wanted to see it, but I missed it because I thought it was kickball practice. <laughs> oh, man. Terrible. Just terrible. So then the Nats won two, two in a row. They won two in a row there. And I was like, okay, we're playing some baseball. Then they turn around and took the opening game in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is... If I'm not mistaken, they're leading the Central, the NL Central. 
they're on a roll too. They've won a lot of games. They're they're hitting their peak, kind of like. Well, I'll talk about the Braves very soon here. But they're on a roll and they're running away with their division. And the Nats just went into Milwaukee and won four one behind Corbin, I believe. Corbin was pitching. I was like, yeah, okay. I was like, all right, we playing some baseball now. Then Saturday happened. That was a back and forth game. It looked like we were in it. And then bases loaded. Christian Yelich came up. And he hit a grand slam. You have got to be kidding me. Damn! How do you let Christian Yelich hit a grand slam? He's washed. For real. It's like, nah, man. Christian Yelich is like that. The only problem is his injuries. Like, ever since he got the MVP and he was out that second half of the season where we beat the Brewers in a wild card in 2019, he's just had a rough go ever since. But he's starting to pick it back up, and that's dangerous because the Brewers could be a problem in the playoffs. Now, I don't know if they're going to beat any of them NL West teams, but they could be a problem if Christian Yelich is is back to form. But he got us. (laughs) He got us. And um, we tried to make a ninth inning rally, and it fell short. We had the bases loaded. Just like the Brewers. But, you know, we've given up 12 Grand Slams. And I don't know how many Grand Slams we hit, but I don't even think it's half that number that we've given up. That's crazy. That's the 2021 Washington Nationals. That's the 2021 Washington Nationals. Give up Grand Slams and um, failed ninth inning rallies. And, you know, selling half your team. That's uh, 2021 Washington Nationals. And then, yeah, if that wasn't enough, we tried another ninth inning rally because, you know, Carter Keyboom hit a home run, and then we got a bunch of people on base after that and drove in another run. Well, lost that one. As soon as they brought in Josh Hader, that that was the end of that. (laughs) So, man, so, you know. I thought the Nationals were finally playing some baseball. And then they wasn't. And then we just came back down to earth. And we dropped two in Milwaukee, which is fine. I mean, Milwaukee's the better team, but damn, man. Just had my hopes up, just like that. Just for them to be the same Nats. I, I don't know why I get my hopes up. You, we know what this team is. We know that they are tanking. Oh, my God. Speaking of tanking, y'all see the Orioles? 18, 18 straight losses. Their last win was when they beat the Yankees 7-1 and that black cat ran on the field and stole the show. Ever since that black cat was on the field, I think the Yankees have lost like three times since then and the Orioles haven't won a game. This is the team that the Nationals got swept by? They lost 18 in a row. The Nationals got swept by these guys. I'm not even kidding. I wish I was joking. The Nats got swept by these guys. And they've lost 18 straight. And this was before the trade. This was before we traded everybody. Got swept. (laughs) 
unbelievable how bad the Orioles are and how bad the Nationals are. DMV professional baseball is down bad. Even in the Orioles' worst year, we can't beat them in the series. We can't beat them in a season series. You've got to be kidding me. You can't be serious. But here we are. They lost 18 in a row. You've got to be kidding. And the last team they got swept by was the Braves. And you know what's funny? Two of them games were close. And then on the flip side, the Braves have won, I think, 13 in a row. They've won 13 straight home game, uh, road games. So they've been on a road trip, right? They swept the Marlins. They came to D.C. and swept the Nationals. Then they came to Baltimore and swept the Orioles. They've won every game. They've won every game like the last two weeks. And the Marlins have lost seven straight as well. So I'm thinking, I was like, wait a minute, man. The Braves aren't that good. I know they aren't that good. Because they've been struggling all year until like three weeks ago. I know they ain't that good. I know they ain't that good. But look who look who they've been playing though. The Nats tanking. The Mar- the Marlins lost seven straight. The Orioles lost eighteen straight. That's that's their last three opponents. They not that good, bro. They not that good. And they and they got a big NL East lead now because um, the Phillies are messing around with the Diamondbacks and they're a mediocre team. I told you they weren't that good. Then the Mets. They haven't played well since June. That's the reason why the the Braves are running away with their vision again because everyone's falling apart and they're eating up these weak teams. <laughs> oh my god, I swear uh like the Nationals won like 5 games since since July. What are we talking about right now? <laughs> and the Braves and the Braves beat them. Even the Brewers, the Brewers are 10-3 and in their last 13 games. But they lost to the Nationals. That's crazy. Look, man, I don't know how good the Braves really are. I don't think they're that good. My gut tells me they ain't that good. We're going to find out what they're about against the Yankees. That's another hot team who has been on a roll lately. We'll see what they're about. These two face off, and this all of a sudden becomes a pretty interesting series that I will keep my eye on. Because these are two hot teams. We'll see how good the Braves are. If they get swept, they are who I thought they were. If they come away with a split, then okay. If they come away with a split and lose the series, I'm like, yeah, see, that I thought so. I expect them to lose two out of three because they just ain't that good. And the Yankees, And the Yankees are for real. Well, they're better than the Braves. But we'll see. If they bought it, I, I give them their respect. If not, I'm going to just smile because I know I was right. <laughs> they not that good, bro. They just playing some cupcakes at the right time. <laughs> oh, man. What are we talking about right now? All right. DC United. So, okay. So, DC United got on a bit of a roll. They... They won in Columbus, which was shocking to me. I was supposed to go to that game. I faded. They got out to a great start, and they they won that game. Then when they came back home against Montreal, I went to that game, 
and we we should have went down 2-0, but we didn't. We took that game. Cool. All right, we on a roll. We ready for New England now. No, we were not. Actually, we were in the first half. Oh, they had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie. They were up 1-0 against New England, the team that's running away with the supporter shield standings. Like, they're clearly the best team in the league. And DC United was up 1-0 in their house. Then, I'm not kidding you, less than 10 minutes into the second half, they give up a goal. And I was watching, and it seemed like New England was just giving DC United that work. Like, they just break away after break away towards our goal. And they were they were getting close. And all of a sudden, you know, they scored another goal. I was like, okay, DC United, they're still in this. They're still in this. Then about the 80th-something minute, they a deflection happens. And they score another goal. We lose. I'm like, oh, well, that's it. We're done. New England showed why they're the better team. Yeah. Well, we'll see New England again in October. And hopefully, D.C. United is better. And hopefully, they can um at least get one off of New England. And we lost them at, like twice already. We might have lost them three times. But we definitely lost to them twice. So, we'll, we'll see them again. In October, hopefully I get to go to that game. Then they turn around and they lose to Atlanta on Saturday. Like, that game, they were down one nothing. Then that game is ridiculous because they outshot Atlanta by at least 15 goals. By at least 15 shots. And they finally got one to go, tied it up. And then just like the New England game, they give up some BS goal in the 80 of something minute, and then we lose that game. So, well, DC United's coming back to the pack again. And, well, I guess that was that little uh, that little high we was on was fun while it lasted. They still got a solid team, and I still think they can make the playoffs. But, man, those are some crushing losses. They could have easily won both of those games, especially the Atlanta game. The New England game was tough because New England – was dominating the second half. But, you know, I got to keep my eye on this team, and hopefully they um they play a little bit better, especially in the second half. But Atlanta and New England are tough teams. But we should have had Atlanta, though. All of them opportunities and you lose? Soccer, man. It's soccer. It's soccer. That's That, that happens. That's crazy to me, man. Wow. All right, man, real quick, real quick. I guess some quick takes before I get into the hypothetical game of the episode. Jalen Hurts' stomach issue. So he didn't play against New England. It's the preseason, man. It's the preseason. I wasn't going to get that hype about the Eagles losing 35 to nothing to New England. Like, big deal. Like, it's just the preseason. Most of our starters didn't play. Fletcher Cox was in street clothes. Darius Slay was in street clothes. Lane Johnson was in street clothes. Jalen Hurts was laughing and joking, hopping around, and all of a sudden he can't play. I, that's weird. But they said he's going to be fine. It seemed like he was in good spirits. So I think he's going to be okay. That was just a little bit of weird. I think a lot of Eagles fans can attest to that. That they just that whole situation was just strange. And then the Eagles just went and got blown off the field. Um, <laughs> every time they got something going on offense, they turned the ball over. 
uh, Nick Mullins and Joe Flacco just weren't good. And I wasn't expecting much from them anyway. So we'll see what happens. I mean, if Jalen Hurts don't ball out, you're going to be talking about a complete revamp of the quarterback room next year. Everyone's going to be gone. And we're going to bring in uh, another quarterback. So the way things are going, but it's just preseason. Uh, 35 nothing, big deal. I think the Eagles play the Jets next, and I'm just like, whatever happens, happens. I don't have reason to be worried until week one against Atlanta. Listen, we'll get everybody back. Fletcher will play. Darius will play. Jalen Hurts will play. Like, we'll be fine. But the Eagles fans already doom and gloom. Already worried about our backups. Already worried about the Colts. Like, but this was from the beginning, though. It's been like this all year. No one's expecting anything from this Eagles team. And I'm just here to tell you that this team, they got something here. They're underrated. I don't think they're as bad as everyone says they are. Especially on the defensive side when you got people like Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay to... Pro Bowl caliber players. You don't just be trash on that side of the ball with those guys. And we still got offensive linemen from the Super Bowl team. And y'all sleeping on Jalen Hurts. Also, Devontae Smith is going to be a dynamite rookie. If they run their offense like I did on Madden with Devontae and, and Jalen, uh, we'll be fine. But I don't know how, how that's going to go. And also the emergence of Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager. The way they are uh, progressing, and Zach Ertz looked like he found the pouting of youth. We're we gonna be fine. We're gonna be fine. I don't know why all these people sleeping. I don't know why we believe in the Washington sitcom with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm not worry about Ryan Fitzpatrick and his injury-prone backups. Like, come on, their defense is like that. Yeah, sure, but if you can block that D line, you can attack that secondary. And in Washington sitcom, is very average. And in the Giants, who knows? They, that's the team to watch out for. They got a solid team. No one's really talking about. That's a team we got to look out for. In Dallas, I'm more worried about the Giants and the Cowboys. They're going to be tougher than a Washington sitcom. But the Eagles, the Eagles, they're going to be all right. They're going to be fine. They're not going to be in last. They're not going to have four wins, five wins. They're going to have more than that. All right. Deladon is back. Deladon is back for the Mystics, finally. There's only one problem, though. She came back during the Storm game. Seattle Storm, the defending champs. That is tied for the lead in the entire WNBA. They tied because, I don't know, they just decided to lose to Chicago and New York for whatever reason. But they got it together against the Mystics, and they beat the Mystics with Deladon back. I don't have her stat line here. I I can look up her stat line real quick. But while I'm looking up her stat line, it's good to have her back. Like I said, this team. Oh, my God. The Mystics have come off the, uh, the Olympic break losing four straight. Hey, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. We lost four straight coming off the break. Now we now we eight and sixteen. That's crazy to me, bro. But think about it though. Think about the teams they played though. 
They've played, think about the teams they played, though. They've played the Storm, the defending champs, the Las Vegas Aces, the challengers, pretty much, the main challengers who was in the finals last year. And they lost to, uh, uh, who else they lose to? I think they lost to Connecticut. They lost to Phoenix. Those are all tough teams. Those are all tough teams. It is no shame. It is no shame in losing to all those guys because those are, I mean, you look at it. Phoenix is number five, and they got Hall of Famers on their team. Seattle Storm's number three now because they came out the break loafing. <laughs> they lost to New York in in Chicago, like, more. Connecticut's son, I'm most likely going to go to that game, but they're tied for the lead with Las Vegas. I'm most likely going to go to that game on August 31st, and, of course, I'm going to tell you how it goes. The Mystics are 8-14 and 14 now, and they're 10th. Wow. I think you need to be in eighth place to make the playoffs, and I think they'll be fine. They got the Sparks coming up. That's a winnable game. That's a very winnable game. They got Dallas Wings coming up. That's very winnable, even though Enrique Agumbawale be destroying us. But it's okay, though. Like, we'll we'll figure out how to beat them. We got to. Um, Tina Charles. Tina Charles is, is spectacular. She just is. I'm so thankful that we have her. So thankful. But it just wasn't enough against Seattle. When you got Brianna Stewart getting double doubles, like that's just not fair. <laughs> it's just not fair, bro. It's just not fair. It's all good though, man. They'll be back. I mean, they they got some they got some real talent on their team. You know, they got Maisha Hines Allen. They got Tina Charles, Della Don, Ariel Atkins. <laughs> They'll be fine. T-Cloud, T-Cloud, man, we'd be fine. And here we go, finally. Della Dawn uh, played 22 minutes, had 16 points, three rebounds. Maisha Hines-Allen, 9.17. I'm telling you, this team's going to be fine. She did that in 16. She did that in 22 minutes. 5 for 11 in 22 minutes. Y'all done. Y'all done. That's why I put in a bet in MGM. That the Mystics were going to win the title. I put in a, a $25 bet that they were going to win the title. And if they win, I get $450. Because they got a squad. They can do something. I don't know how deep. I don't think they're that deep. But, listen, they're top five, top six. I'll put them up against anybody. All right, what's next here? So, they finally found who killed Brian Pata, the defensive lineman from... Miami, who was killed in um, 2006, I I knew nothing about him. This happened when I was a freshman in high school. So I didn't know anything about this. I guess I overlooked it. I didn't find out about it until I saw the U documentary and they talked about this. The U documentary came out like 09 or something because I remember talking to a guy on my team about it because his dad was in it. But that came out a while ago. We're just now finding who killed Brian Patter. And it was basically the main suspect, Rashawn Jones. 
I mean, yeah, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence, like, like they fought and he threatened them and said, oh, after a fight and said, you might as well clip up all the threats and how Pata used to date his girlfriend. I mean, no, how Rashawn used to date Pata's girlfriend always was disrespectful about it. So, yeah, man. Um, So he pulled up and killed him. And then, he, you know, he changed his cell phone the day after it happened. It's just a lot of, I guess it's just a lot of stuff pointing towards him. But I guess they finally found a smoking gun and they arrested him. So there you go. I'm glad his family finally got justice. It's just crazy, man. Just the conversations that Brian got into and just the, the trouble he always got into. But still, he should be alive today, man. It's still senseless violence. I feel like those guys could have worked it out but nah man dude decided to shoot brian it's just a shame they were guys were teammates and they were beefing like that that's crazy to me i mean i guess it was personal but i'm glad he got justice finally may god rest his soul that's that's crazy man his teammate killed him all right finally last thing the crate challenge I didn't know anything about the crate challenge until last night. I saw a tweet from Trey Young that said, y'all better be careful doing the crate challenge. And I'm like, let me see what this crate challenge thing is about. And I've been entertained ever since. Just like what people do is they take these milk crates. I I saw them all the time growing up in school. There, There were always a ton of them. So I can understand how people could just get like 20 of them and just stack them up. People just stack them up in a pyramid. And the goal is to, um, you got to walk across the crates without falling. It sounds simple, but it is it's, it looks tough. I've only seen three people do it right. It's just a lot of wipeouts. I've seen a lot already. Just, just. Just search Crate Challenge on Twitter. I've seen a lot already, if you haven't already. People falling on their back. People falling on their head. One lady broke her arm. One guy broke his leg. This guy was doing the Crate Challenge and a drive-by happened. A drive-by shooting happened while he was doing it. Man, and then this guy was doing it and the kid just kicked the crate kicked the crate pyramid down and made him fall. I would have been pissed. I can see my little cousin Noah doing something like that to me. I would be pissed. You could get seriously hurt doing stuff like that. But all that stuff is funny, man. And this guy nicknamed White Mike completed the challenge and got through the pyramid rolling a blunt. And then there's this... This hot black woman did it with heels on. <laughs> and then this other guy barely got through it. Wow. I feel like that that needs to be like a big brother challenge. <laughs> like a like a power veto challenge or a head of household challenge. <laughs> I feel like that should be on the show. They they do stuff like that on the show, just not with crates. Like that's that's a little ghetto. But you know, people <laughs> People in D.C. doing it on concrete. People busting their head and breaking their limbs. I, I'm not doing it. It looked dangerous. It looked dangerous because bare minimum, you're getting a cut 
on your hand, on your uh, elbow or your leg or something. Bare minimum. Bare minimum. You might even hit your head. It's a lot, bro. I, it's too much. But I'm going to keep watching it because it's entertaining. Whoever came up with this challenge, man, prop to you. I'm very entertained. <laughs> you just won't catch me doing it because it's dangerous. But anyway, man, you know what time it is. <laughs> it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. Okay, the time has come. NLE's mascot race. I know Screech is one of our mascots, but we're using the presidents. So I'm kind of cheating for the Nationals. They got they got four they got four mascots in this race. And representing the Mets though, of course is Mr. Matt. And representing the Braves is their new mascot Blooper. I don't know what that thing is. <laughs> For the Phillies, of course, you got the Green Goblin Philly fanatic. He's kind of awesome. I'm not going to lie. Y'all got a nice mascot. And then finally, for the Marlins, is Benny the Marlin. So you already know the presidents Teddy, Theodore Roosevelt, Abraham Lincoln, Abe, George Washington, George, and then Thomas Jefferson, Tom. So all those against the other NL East mascots in a 100-meter dash. So here we go. They get ready, set, and they're off. Here we go. Everyone's about even, about the 20-yard mark. Everyone's even still. Philly Fanatics starting to pull away. But then here comes Abe. Here comes Blooper. Mr. Met coming up. Coming up in the sixth lane. And then now, Teddy and Abe. Teddy and Abe starting to come in front. But Blooper, here comes Blooper. Blooper takes the lead. But now, last 10, last 10 meters, Teddy with the dive. Teddy with the victory. Teddy with the victory. He runs through just by a toenail over Abe. So there you go. That's how I go. Teddy has won the mascot 100-meter dash. Uh, Teddy in first. Abe in second, barely. Blooper in third. Philly Fanatic in fourth. Mr. Met in fifth. George in sixth. Tom in seventh. And Benny DeMarlin came in eighth. Very close race, but Teddy took it, which is funny to me because if you watch the president's race, if you watch the president's races at Nationals Park, Teddy barely wins. I think that's a running joke. That's been a running joke ever since they've done the president's race. Like, he barely wins. But he won this hypothetical game of the episode. What a performance by Teddy. He saved his best for last. Like, he's just been playing with y'all all these years. He won the 100-meter dash over Abe. And, um, hey, Nationals took one and two here. And the Braves came in third. There you go. So that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. 
Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.